MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. The Skinny with Rico and Ken is a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, Travis Pastrana here. Welcome to The Skinny. From the Fatheads Eyewear Studio in Speedway, Indiana, this is The Skinny. Brought to you by Toyota and General Tire. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Toyota. I couldn't be more excited for the guest that we have here today. He's as big as anybody that we've had on this show, and I promise you we've had the who's who over the course of the past couple of years. Rico Elmore will join me here today. We have Track Dude back there running the controls, Michael Young, and, of course, I'm Ken Stout. There's only a handful of people that have been able to transcend the motorsports industry into a household name. Mario Andretti certainly is one of those that, that comes to mind right off the bat. I think John Force is probably in that arena. And in this guest, I think a good example would also be Evil Knievel was a household name. So uh, whenever I say that, it's, a, it's an extremely difficult thing to do. And this guy's certainly has a lack of fear, at least compared to us mere mortals. And his extreme ability uh, to pull off the successful stunts and uh, things that he's done over the course of his career have helped make him a household name. He's done it truly in a lane of his own. He's blazed his own path and uh, has really opened up the door for many others. And the dichotomy of his personality to go along with it makes absolutely no sense. One of the most competitive guys you will ever meet, a champion at the highest levels of the game, which proves his... Uh, 
his desire to win and what it takes to get there. He has all of that, but then to talk to him, he is the nicest, kindest, most gentle guy you could ever meet. You wonder how all that could be combined inside of one person, but that is truly Travis Pastrana, 199. And I would borderline say that even the 199 has become merely almost a household name. You could go by 199 and not even say Travis Pastrana, but welcome to the show, man. They don't come any bigger than you. We appreciate the time. Shoot, I'm going to hire you as my agent. That was a great introduction. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, good stuff, man. Um, hey, before we get started, and uh, there's no matter how long we talk here, we'll never be able to cover all the cool stuff that we could, could cover with you. But first and foremost, let's talk about your health fresh off of a, a gnarly accident, man. Uh, tell us how you're sitting up and you're smiling. Um, you're not in the hospital <laughs> and, and no better guy to be interviewing you than a guy fresh off the, off the table himself with a, with a full knee replacement here. So I've got a bag of narcotics in my pocket if you need uh, it. Well, I've got a pee bag. So, you know, we're, we're working on the same, same program. <laughs> How you feeling, man? Uh, I mean, I'll have a knee replacement here. Uh, they say probably in, uh, within the next 10 years, but, uh, I don't know. You're, you're, uh, positive reinforcement for me man you're looking good looking like you're getting around they had you up walking day one already back on your uh, on your podcast so definitely uh, uh definitely things are looking promising modern orthopedics i'll tell you yeah man and you got to be strong i got 280 pounds i got to push around here so uh you, you'll be way better than me <laughs> there's a couple 80 year old women that uh are out doing him in physical therapy that's true but... that, that would be true <laughs> so um Talk to me about what happened there on that, that base jump. I know we kind of talked about it a little bit before, and, I, and I'm sure people have, uh, have Googled it to, to learn a little bit. But, but tell us what happened, man. What, what went wrong on that deal? Uh, no, it's interesting. I've been battling my whole life with, um, you know, kind of the fun side, the why we started in motorsports, why I got into dirt bikes, um, you know, kind of the shenanigans, if you will, the base jumping, the skydiving, the – um, all the things, the freestyle motocross that, that go along with racing, um, you know, and I had an awesome opportunity through Ken Block to, to do the, basically the Jim Connor series, which is arguably the, you know, the, the biggest, um, you know, car video, YouTube video movie, whatever you want to call it, stunt movie um, of all time. And, and Ken uh, was, was generous enough to, to let me uh, kind of jump in on, on what he's created. And I thought no better way to start off an iconic driving video than doing a base jump, uh, front flip out of a out of a hotel room. Of course, made total oh sense in my head. And uh, <laughs> oh well, boy. I'm not a great base jumper as it turns out. And uh, I fumbled my landing a little bit, uh, broke my back, my hip, my pelvis, and got a screw through my sacrum. A uh, couple blood transfusions. Uh, still have a you know nice catheter in and. I'm going to miss the first round of the rally championship because of this. So, um, you know, definitely still getting a lot of flack on why do you do the things you do when you could just do this or you could be better at this if you didn't do that. But at the end of the day, I think kind of who I've become and, and why I've been able to do the things I've been able to do is because, you know, we always push the envelope. We always have fun. At the end of the day, if you're not having fun, it's not worth it, you know, and uh, it's definitely been a wild ride. Yeah, the uh... – I know that the wise idea was this was going to happen when we were all in Vegas together for the truck race. So glad that didn't happen. Glad that. Uh, <laughs> no, nah, I would have worked great then. <laughs> I just messed up. <laughs> I told my wife, I was like, she's like, I don't like base jumping. I don't like base jumping. I'm like, oh, don't worry. This one's foolproof. Can't possibly mess it up. 
like I call her in the ambulance going to the hospital because we did it at, at daybreak just at dawn because it's less wind usually. And I was like, um, so yeah, I kind of had a little bit of a mishap. Oh boy. I think I'm bleeding out into my belly. My back feels broken, but I don't worry. I'll be fine. Oh my God. <laughs> How many of those calls has she gotten? Uh, too many, probably too yeah. many. I don't know. Even one's too many, but uh, God bless her. She's uh, she puts up with me. And I tell you, you know, my wife's two time world champion in, in skateboarding. And, you know, they say, Oh, you must be, you know, raising your kids very, you know, in the extreme world. But I think Lindsay's definitely, uh, more extreme with with the kids than I am. I'm like that. Uh, I'm not quite a helicopter parent, but uh, <laughs> definitely more so than than Lindsay as far as uh, knowing what can go wrong and, and trying to make sure that it doesn't happen to them. But they're they're definitely uh, both of my girls are uh, pretty uh, brave, uh, I guess, considering the, uh, the their peer group. But you know, it's fun. They're in cheer, so a totally different world than I'm used to. Well, it's uh, it sounds like your dad. I mean, I watched, I watched where your dad jumped out of the tree. I was watching some <laughs> old video and I, I just, I remembered, you know, from, from the past watching some stuff with your dad. And of course, you know, the support your mom and dad had given you through the, uh, along the way and your mom working that speed back, you, you definitely probably didn't mess with her, right? No, I definitely, I mean, my dad was, uh, was in the Marine Corps. Uh, so if you slept till seven o'clock, uh, you know, in, in the morning on a, on a Sunday, uh, you were a lazy pile of crap. So um, definitely good to have that work ethic. I think I learned a lot uh, from him, but definitely I was much more afraid of my mom. Uh, she she was harped a lot on the education side of things. Um, she believed in me a lot more than my dad did. He's like, look, hey, my, his brother uh, was quarterback for Denver Broncos and still ended up teaching uh, health and uh, football and wrestling coach at Anne Arundel Community College and uh, worked construction with my dad and uh, his other brothers on their, you know, during his summer vacation. So he's like, look, best athletes ever come out of our county, maybe our state. And he's still working construction and uh, teaching health at a community <laughs> college. He's like, you're never going to make it as a professional athlete. But any day I, that you're I, doing what you love, ride that train till the wheels fall off. I loved how he was teaching you how to uh, drive the Bobcat at about, uh, oh, I don't know, you were maybe four. Maybe three. Two. Yeah. 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 No, not, not, just before my third birthday, I knocked down a wall with it. So, Oh my God. I, you were two years old. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that was, I, I think about my granddaughter, right? Right. I'm like, there's no way I would put her on that. That is a horrible idea. No, it was a horrible idea, <laughs> but it was fun. <laughs> I put my daughter on, uh, on, on a riding mower when we lived in Jersey, we had a big backyard. I put her on, I had a just a John Deere riding mower and, I don't know how old she was. She had to be, I don't know, maybe five, six years old, somewhere up in that neighborhood. And uh, watching her cruise around, she had this huge backyard that she could play in and somehow managed to run right over the top of the grill, which, of course, had the, <laughs> the gas line connected to it underneath oh, you know, the no. ground. So, <laughs> and, and she didn't crash. She didn't fall off of it, which was my big concern, you know. And you see it happening, and I'm thinking to myself, well, certainly she's going to turn, you know. But, no, nope, nope. she never turns. <laughs> It kind of reminded me of that, to be honest with you. It brought back a good memory. <laughs> yeah, uh, kid, kids uh... are wild. I've, I've learned a lot from my girls and uh, my daughter. When so we we had them riding the little one seventy cc kind of carts, and um, my, my daughter again. You know, she's five, but she's doing some jumps and cruising around, and you know, like on motorcycles and everything. And she just ran straight into a tree. 
And she was crying. She's like, I'm never wearing a seatbelt again. And she had like a little bruise across the chest. I was like, no, that seatbelt actually saved you from smacking your head against the tree. It's like, really? Like, yeah, you know, Con- nothing common about sex, but uh, trying to try, yeah. trying to get that in there. Yeah, that's, uh, that's some good stuff. So uh, we, we were talking about it prior to the show starting. And, man, Red Bull forever and Black Rifle Coffee now, which, you know, uh, everything I've seen of those guys and listen, the Red Bull guys, great guys, but Black Rifle got a great story behind it. Tell us about that. You know, it's, it's awesome. Honestly, everything that I've been doing in the last couple of years, really similar to when, cause Subaru was, or not Subaru, sorry, Suzuki. Um, when I was riding factory Suzuki, uh, and motocross and supercross, uh, back in, you know, 2001, 2002, there was a Sobe Suzuki team. So we didn't really have a choice. And Red Bull was like, Hey, look, and they, they brought me over to Europe and uh, they helped me basically get into car racing. And they did a lot for me, even when I was still not a Red Bull athlete, um, you know, and as companies grow and, and whatnot, the Red Bull has done so much for my career. They've done so much for action sports. Um, but really over the last probably maybe eight years, I've been really good friends with a couple of the owners from Black Rifle. And, you know, the, the company started off, um, you know, pretty small uh, eight years ago where it wasn't you know, they didn't really have the means to, to do what a Red Bull could do. Um, you know, and all of a sudden exponentially it's growing, it's growing. And, um, you know, Black Rifle, they were helping so much. I mean, we went to, uh, um, you know, Hurricane Maria uh, came along and ended up, which was a great, horrible idea. We're actually signed up with uh, Kevin Windham and uh, Ryan Sipes to, to represent Team Puerto Rico because they didn't have the funding to send a team because of the hurricane. Um, and we went down and raised some money, raced the motocross nations, qualified for the final, which was shocking for a bunch of old guys. Um, and then went down and used all the money that we made to, to go down and, uh, you know, put some roofs on some houses, but really just bring some fun to back to, you know, kind of the kids in the, the moto industry in Puerto Rico, fixed up a couple tracks that, that weren't, you know, running for almost two years by the time we got down there. Um, and Black Rifle came in and they, they spent, you know, hundred thousand dollars of their own money like the the owners of black rifle did privately and came down and they brought um, all kinds of guys that were construction crews and you know personally came down themselves to work for for two weeks down there with us and didn't want anything out of it at all they just were coming down because it was a cool cause and you know we got walter reed right up the road and they just have all these plans for like hey look anything we can do to help the community anything we can do to especially the veteran community and in the u.s um you know we want to be america's brand and a lot of the stuff I couldn't do because I was with Red Bull. So honestly, it's, it's not nothing against Red Bull. Red Bull's been absolutely amazing. Uh, Black Rifle's like, look, we don't even have anything against Red Bull. We just, we're actually going to sponsor you so we can just hang out and do more cool stuff and give back more to, to the communities and, and really just have more fun. So, um, you know, definitely Red Bull's still doing some, some projects as a, you know, kind of a family or friend of Red Bull, if you will. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, getting older, <laughs> drinking more coffee, and the, the guys at Black Rifle, I just, it's a really awesome opportunity at this point in their brand, at this point in my life to be able to do some cool stuff, and, and especially now my older daughter actually getting into uh, kind of writing movies, believe it or not, and she can barely write, but she just really likes, uh, you know, whole directing and kind of writing stories and short stories, really, but, um, you know, all the guys, JT, especially, and his daughters are the same age, they all go to iFly, uh, they actually invested, Black Rifle invested in iFly, like a lot of the, the stuff that's right up our alley. It just all fits with the family. And as far as the family tie, there's, there's no better brand for me right now than, than the coffee company of Black Rifle. 
What a great story, man. I did not see it going that way. I mean, my question was going to be, that had to be an extremely tough decision. You walk back into the, the dining room with your wife and say, honey, I just was offered this incredible program from Black Rifle Coffee, but I would have to get rid of Red Bull. That's what I'm thinking in my mind, but you're telling me they're playing to, playing ball together to some degree, and man, that's an so, absolute I mean, not, beautiful not, thing. Not necessarily playing ball together. I mean, definitely Red Bull sees it um, a little differently than Black Rifle. Black Rifle is basically like, hey, let's just have a lot of fun, man. This is going to be awesome, and uh, yeah, whatever we have to do to support the industry, support the sports, they're, they're fans of action sport, especially JT, um, uh, Jared Taylor. He's been a huge supporter of, of everything action sports and you know they they brought pilot x in i had this grand scheme idea from nate wessel and he's like oh we should have a helicopter with a minigun and pilot x blowing up some cars while ronnie mack jumps over top with an american flag cape and you slide underneath um and black rifle's like yeah let's do it and i mean exponentially money per reward it, it didn't make any sense but they were like this is going to be the greatest picture of all time <laughs> and they did it and you know I, i'm not saying that our relationship is going to be um uh extremely smart relationship but it's going to be a lot of fun so you know Lindsay, coming from the skate background you know people just they don't leave red bull red bull's done so much they have a, a very good brand um the the athletes they sponsor they, they generally tend to to keep uh lifelong and um you know definitely you know no hard feelings there they've been awesome to me and helped build my career but um like i said this is just an awesome opportunity to have some great fun with friends and uh my parents since day one my dad always said you're never gonna make it but you know like i said earlier but if you can have fun do what you love keep doing it and uh i think this is a, this is a perfect perfect place for me we just scratched the surface of one of the all-time greats and travis pastrana we're going to take a quick break here and we'll be right back on the other side the Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. 
So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by General Tire. It's more than just a slogan. Anywhere is possible with General Tire. General Tire's Grabber X3 Mud Terrain Tire offers aggressive styling and is engineered for durability with innovative performance features that are ready to carry you through extreme mud, dirt, and rock-covered terrain. For extreme traction that's ready for anything and rugged styling to match, look no further than the Grabber X3. Make your anywhere possible by visiting GeneralTire.com today. Once again, we are back here with one of the most exciting guests, in my personal opinion, that we've had on the show. Travis Pastrana has taken a few minutes as he is recovering from a nasty crash that he had just a couple of weeks ago. But uh, looking forward to uh, another season, another successful season, I should say, behind the wheel of that incredible Subaru rally car. We'll talk to him about that uh, in the future here, probably next segment or so. But I want to go back to something that you had said as you were talking about Black Rifle coming on board here and some of the ideas that were initially thrown out. And um, it, it almost reminds me of, uh, what's the show from Family Guy? What, what was that show he watched, Three and a Half Days or Seven and a Half Days? Or Oh, yeah, yeah, se- uh, Six Days to Show. Six Days to Show. Not Family Guy, South Park. South Park, where they all <laughs> get together, you know, and they come up with, with ideas. So I've often wondered, how does that process work with you guys? Is everybody sitting yeah, around at yeah. the dinner table later, and, and, and you just and, come up with the ideas? I mean, And I want to throw in on that. The limo, ramping the limo with the hot tub in the back, with Connor and Jim, and I think you were driving it, just trying to get my head around. No, the Stig. The Stig was driving. The Stig was driving. Oh, the okay. Stig. Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. Who, I may or may where, not have been allowed to come from. Everybody just sits around and literally throws out the craziest wild idea, and and you guys decide, yeah, that that one might work. Uh, yeah, back when we first started working uh, on MTV with uh, a lot of the producers, Knoxville and Tremaine, all the jackass guys, they always came out with ideas. We said, okay, look, look, look. If you're going to come up with an idea, you have to be willing to do it first. Um, so Jim York, unfortunately now, our whole crew, really, everyone just has seen, we've had enough success that people don't question us. So if we're like, we got this cockamamie idea to do something absolutely insane. People are like, yeah, it makes sense. They'll, they'll, they'll pull it off. Uh, so we actually have to really think uh, think everything through before we, we mention anything, for sure. Uh, it was like the Evil Knievel deal. It was such a cool opportunity uh, where History Channel came and they said, what do you have to do um, 
what can you guys do at Nitro Circus where uh, we can really get back to the roots uh, of action sports? And, you know, uh, Dave Mateus said, we got to do something with Evil Knievel. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, uh, we got to jump the buses. We got to jump the cars. Or what about Caesar's Palace? And a day later, we had confirmation from Greyhound. We had confirmation from Caesar's that we could jump it. We had all the Evil Knievel, all of his, um, you know, uh, well, basically all his kids, uh, his three kids were all on board. And I'm like, wow, careful what you ask for. Here we go. We're going to be right. jumping a no suspension <laughs> motorcycle. <laughs> and when I say we, I mean me and the mouse in my pocket. But uh, yeah, that's, I mean, why, good times. that's why I was getting ready to say I didn't see anybody else but you on that bike. So yeah. But the coolest thing about Black Rifle is going into that business meeting for the first time. Uh, they're all, you know, Logan, they're, they're like Green Berets at you know, and their dev group and their, um, you know, seals and they're, they're, they're all the top of the top of military. I've never felt like more of a sissy going into a boardroom, you know, I'll like tell a story and be like, yeah. And then they'll tell a story and I'm like, I'm just going to shut up and be back in the corner. Like with my tail between my legs, like the, I, I got nothing that compares to anything these guys have been through the injuries they've been through the trauma they've been through. And there's no fame or glory. It's just, these guys, you know, they, <laughs> they did it for the country and it's uh it's pretty pretty amazing to be a part of a company where you know i shoot i don't know if the guys have any business sense or anything but i tell you their way they live their life their fundamentals their their passions and and what they want to accomplish is all right along the lines of of how i was brought up um you know we had a very military family my wife's uh dad was uh was a marine my dad was a marine uh, my mom's father was in the Navy, or so my grandfather on my mom's side, my grandfather on my dad's side was also in the Navy. Um, you know, we live in Annapolis, which is the Naval Academy. Uh, my best friend growing up was a Navy SEAL. Um, so even though I'm not part of the military and I have no idea what it's like to have people shoot at me or anything like that, I don't even want to <laughs> pretend I know anything about that. But, um, you know, I feel like to a certain extent, uh, that camaraderie that, that those guys, uh, you know, have and, and kind of, uh, knowing what it's like to have, you know, to have someone else have their, your life in their hands and vice versa. And uh, just kind of the way they go about their business uh, is, is really cool. So walking into a room like that, when they're like, okay, we should probably have a plane. I'm like, what kind of plane should we have for black rifle? I was like, that's a cool concept. And I'm thinking like jets and whatever. They're like C-130. And I looked at him like, oh boy. What, how fast is C-130? He goes like, what, 250 miles an hour? They're like, yeah, but the best part, is we could have like ping pong tables and then we could just pe pick people up in fields. I'm like, excuse me? Like, well, I haven't done it since the seventies, but we could probably perfect it with, you know, modern technology. Wow. Like, yeah, you put, you wow. can hook yourself to a balloon. They used to do it back in the sixties and seventies, back in, you know, Vietnam. And they put people, you'd be in a field, I guess. I mean, not me personally, but I have a feeling this is going to be in my future where you have a balloon and the front of the C-130 has a little like V on it, like a little cone. So the C-130 runs into the cone, the balloon goes down, hooks in the top, and then picks you up, and you go flying like behind the plane, and then they, they uh, winch you back into the back of the plane. So like, this is the kind of ideas that they're having on how they're gonna pick me up and take me to a rally. I'm like, yeah, this is perfect, this sounds great. And then, and in their mind, they're like, well, we've got a guy that'll absolutely do it. No matter what our crazy idea is, I know he's going to be in. He's in. <laughs> You're he's committed whether no, you want to be or not. They're all willing to do it before I, I say yes. So that's oh. as long as I see one of those guys do it first, I'm totally in. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I've seen that done before, right? I've, I've seen it on a program before. But I'm telling you, it feels like it would just jerk everything out of you, right? Zero to 200 yeah, instantly. Yeah, I mean, like, out. 
I don't think I think I'd I think I'd drop the plane. There's got to be bungee technology. I'm sure we can come up with something. Oh, I'm I mean, sure, this, yeah. This was back in the 60s and 70s. Come on. I got to yeah, see the that, death that, to, to broken back ratio here, but we'll, we'll go from there. Like I said, they'd hook on to me and the plane would nosedive. They're like, nope, that ain't getting out of here. So, Yeah, there's, a, there's a, a, a max weight on this one for sure for this ride. Yeah. It's super cool for us, I think all three of us, to be in the industry as, as deep as we are. And when you see people like Black Rifle, and there's a million examples, Red Bull, a great example, Lucas Oil, and, and, and it goes on and on and on uh, of the people that get involved in our industry and support it, earn an immediate respect, I think, from all of, of the people in the industry like us from our side, you know, as, as we see what they're doing, whether they're our sponsor or even a competing sponsor to our sponsor, we still have a level of respect for those people that are coming in and helping the industry, generally speaking. And then whenever you can take it a step further, and I don't know if you can go any further than, than these guys, uh, as you talk about, you know, being on the board and, and doing what they've done for our country and putting their lives on the line and, and you know, living in, in their world of crap, if you will, you know, whenever they were, they were earning their money. Um, man, I just don't know if it gets any better than a company like that. It's, it's super cool, man. It's a very difficult decision. I can't imagine. I wish I had the problem to make a decision between a couple of companies like that. But um, now you're just trying to make a decision when you need to get up to go to the bathroom. Well, I know early. I know. You I gotta, know. You yeah, gotta I really that plan out. that out. <laughs> I don't know what time it is. Uh, I need to go, but I know it needs to be sooner than I think. So, <clears throat> but at any rate, man, super, super cool. Congratulations on it, and and we wish you the best of luck. We love coffee too, man. We're we're old guys too, so we, big, we're up on the coffee. Big fans, and and the uh, I see the Black Rifle guys at the NHRA events that we do. Uh, they've got a they've got some pretty wild uh, trucks, and uh, so I. I I love the whole thing about it. I mean, we're a huge supporter of the military with uh, fat heads and everything. And, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's really a cool story. And hell, I even love them better now. I mean, it's like I, I, I got to go out and buy some because anybody that thinks like a cool plane to get would be a C 130 and yanking people out of fields. I'm like, these are my dudes. That's the, <laughs> that's the gig right there. And that's how it works, right? I mean, the, the, what you just said, I got to go buy some. And I'm thinking the same thing on, you know, I have no problem with buying that product and, and putting that money back in because I know a portion of it's coming back to our industry as well. So it's it's super cool, man. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You said uh, Lucas Oil. They actually uh, helped with the whole Puerto Rico thing as well. They jumped on board. And, you know, there are definitely companies out there, um, you know, when you get kind of callous to a lot of things, a lot of companies are doing things because of what they're going to get out of it. And then you have companies that just – truly and genuinely want to be a part of it and uh you know that's that's pretty cool so that's i've been very fortunate to be uh somehow just good enough or just crazy enough or, or just a, enough amount of exposure that i've been able to kind of pick and choose uh you know the companies that i've, I've been with and got to represent some amazing amazing brands along the way we're going to take a quick break here on the other side. We're going to talk about some racing with Travis Pastrana. Stay with us. Number 199. We'll be right back.
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This segment of The Skinny is brought to you by Toyota. Welcome back to The Skinny. A very exciting guest on the show with us here today, coming to us remotely from his home, uh, a personal hospital bed. It looks like he's made his way to the couch, actually. But uh, made Travis to the Pastrana, couch today. Only for you guys. <laughs> Travis Pastrana in the house with us, man. Couldn't be happier to have him on the show. And talking a little bit about, about the background, his new, uh, his new sponsorship, his new associates, and, uh, of course, his family, a little bit where he got started. And Rico and I to do a little bit of homework because, uh, let's face it, man, you've been in the game for a while.
while now, went back and watched the 199 Lives uh, movie. Pretty rough movie to watch. I got, I got <laughs> you know, whenever you watch it, I'm thinking to myself, I think it was made 2008. It was like expecting footage to be pretty decent, you know, but you're watching. It's like, oh, my God, this is 1980. But uh, but it was 2008. <laughs> it may have been made, but that was that was some old footage. The it footage was, some, was old, right? Oh, it was, but it was. Oh my it was, god! It was wild. I mean, just watching all the pieces of it, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, they weren't using a foam pit. They were using smashing the ground pit. You know, when they would miss something. So, well, I saw the first segment, and I looked at the views, and it was just short of 48 million views. I was like, oh, my God, that is massive, dude. And uh, as we watch it, of course, it just brings back all these memories. And I know that you've been around for a while, very successful at everything. But, I, I you know, I forget stuff like, holy crap, he ran uh, the Dis Nations. Uh, they, they won Dis Nations with uh, Roger DeCoster, right? I mean, yeah, Roger was a like a father to me, man. The, the media made it out to where he... <laughs> Like we didn't get along, but no, he, uh, he was awesome. And he was the team manager for team USA. I was 16 years old, won the U S uh, championship, uh, but against my heroes. I mean, we had Talon Bolin and uh, Steve Lampson who were probably the favored to be picked to go over. And then Roger went with a rookie and uh, went over with uh, Ricky Carmichael who won uh, the 250 class. And then um, honestly, it was amazing that uh, the, you know, the main rider on the team or the 500, the open class rider was actually Ryan Hughes, who hadn't had a great season. But Roger went with heart over anything. And uh, we were able to come back with the 2000 Motocross of Nations Championship in St. Dean, St. D.G. Angeli or whatever. Sorry, my bad. Uh, France, there was probably 150,000 screaming people and they were all booing me. Jumped over the French rider <laughs> on the last lap to make the pass. That's what I was getting ready to go with Number one. Oh, it was great. Yeah, the the jump over the I mean, literally aired it out and landed way down that hill, and it was it was so funny. I was watching that, but I had watched a lot of the other footage and knew of all the other you know some of the footage as well. But it was like that looks like where you were running in the woods, you know, where you guys were just out there not jacking around, more practicing. But that was like something that somebody probably wouldn't really practice that much, like. Hell, he had it in his bag. It was there. Yeah, it was incredible. Sixteen years old, if I if I recall, and uh, wow, man, you know. But but that movie brought back some of these memories and and just how talented you were and your your dedication to the sport and seeing you work out the way you were working out. It's when people meet you or they see you for the limited amount of time that they actually see you. Uh, on television, and, and they begin to put together their picture of who they think Travis Pastrana is, they would never, I don't think they would ever put together who you were whenever they, they showed you on some sort of machine working out until you were absolutely all but dead. I mean, 100% all but dead, working as hard as you could possibly work. I mean, there's a lot of world-class athletes that, that can push themselves up to 99%, but to give 100%. And, and you clearly had given 100%, like just short of dying on the machine. And, and I don't think that people know that side of you because you're such a kind, gentle soul. They don't see that, that work ethic inside of you. It sounds like you. No, no. nothing. Like, I got <laughs> well, nothing for this I, guy. <laughs> no, to, to, to be competitive at, uh, at the top level uh, of any sport, um, you know, it, it takes 100% commitment. And that's at the end of the day, when I was at the races, people are always like, 
man, you're always, are you always as happy? I'm like, if I'm at the races, yeah. If I'm doing what I love to do, I'm pretty giddy. I like, I'm a dork. I just love riding dirt bikes. I love cars. I've been very passionate about what I've done and that that's gone a long way. But, um, you know, like I said, my dad was a Marine and that work ethic was instilled in me early. Um, you know, if you're successful, I don't care if you're, if it's ping pong, you know, uh, foosball, uh, whatever it is, you know, five horsepower, Briggs and Stratton's, if you're the world champ, uh, you've put in a lot of time, you've worked your butt off. And uh, I've been very fortunate to be able to continue every time and hurt. It got me into cars and go-karts and everything. And, um, you know, even this last year, you know, this is the first year in car racing where I didn't feel like a gentleman driver. I felt like I belonged. Um, I beat, you know, the, the 2019 world champion in Nitro Rallycross uh, this year. I beat Scott Speed, who was uh, the last American to run uh, in the F1 championship and uh, multiple-time uh, Rallycross champion. Um, you know, won the U.S. Rally Championship this year. Uh, got to got second over um, against Team McLaren with a honest with a Subaru. Their base model car was like a million dollars more than my race car was. So, um, <laughs> you know, it was it was a wild year. Set the record again up Mount Washington the hill climb uh, in a 980 horsepower absolute beast of a four cylinder that was had a top speed of 140 miles an hour and a speed zone of uh, 15 mile an hour. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely pushed the limits a little bit, uh, my whole life, but I found that I'm not always the best at stuff like NASCAR, uh, where Connor Daly in his very first race beat me, which was very devastating. I think you have a story on that one, uh, coming up, but, uh, but yeah, anything that I'm able to take a little bit more risk than the next person and kind of figure out, like, if you put us in a parking lot, right. And you have cones, I'll never beat the Joey Logano's and the, Kyle Bush's and the Chase Elliott's. But if you put a big jump or big cliffs or huge trees where those cones are, I still believe that my ability is the same and I'm gonna go just as hard, whether it's a cone or a 200 foot cliff. And that's where my ability lies. And that is why uh, we won six uh, US national rally championships and uh, finally got the uh, rally cross championship this year. That, that brings up a great angle because if I had to evaluate you, I would say that your lack of ability to run anything at 90% versus 100% is probably what's kept you, that and the fact that you really didn't want to chase it. Um, but if you were dedicated your career towards racing, and maybe, maybe that's why you didn't get a 250 win, I don't know, but you're 100%. You love to live on the edge. That's just who you are. It's how you're wired. You love to live at, a, at 100%. And a lot of times you got to ride at 90% if you're going to bring the thing home and, and chase a championship. But for you, it's, it's right on the ragged edge. That's where you're, you're alive. That's what you do. And I think you do it better than anybody else on the planet. And I've got to think that that lends itself towards the rally racing that you're doing because there's a fear factor there for everybody at some level. And yours seems to be much higher than the rest of the world. Calculated risk, risk versus reward. Um, you know, it's NASCAR, no one's afraid of crashing. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still dangerous. I mean, you still had Kyle Bush, uh, you know, broke his femur at, at Daytona and it's a couple couple years ago. Um, but it's cool. Now with Rallycross, um, it's the first sport in a long time that drivers have been coming over. I mean, we had Chase Elliott jumped into a race this year. Uh, Kyle Bush jumped into a race this year. Um, looking at, at more guys from Indy and NASCAR and maybe even a couple of the guys, former F1 drivers coming in, um, you know, for a race or hopefully a whole championship this year. Um, still working out some, some things, but 
it's the first time in forever that, you know, like my dad said, backward men were men, you know, and, and you actually get to push yourself. You get to the track and you're equal parts scared as you are excited. Um, and I think that's something that's been missing. The racing's great. Don't get me wrong. NASCAR, it's the most competitive sport, I think, in the world. And those drivers are the most underrated drivers in the world. Um, but at the end of the day, to be able to go out and to be able to drive a lap by yourself on a track and be thrilled and have that adrenaline and be excited. I mean, Scott Speed doesn't get excited for anything. And he came off giddy at the second round when, you know, there, we had a, a jump that Tanner Faust went over 200 feet on. I mean, yeah, he should have probably broken his wow. back, but he, he rode out of it. Um. <laughs> he, he rode out of it. Big deal. It's great stuff. Uh, and, and that's exactly right. And that, that's where you excel. That's where you shine. E even though there's a tree on the other side, your psyche is if I do everything right, that tree should never be a factor. So why would I ever? If you can dodge right. a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Right. <laughs> That's exactly it. Let's go back. Let's go back to the uh, the NASCAR event, the Truck Series race, uh, right in the middle of uh, the good old COVID. Uh, is that your mailman? Just kidding. That is my mailman. Uh, yes. <laughs> So, uh, sorry. Any, I can't no, get up. So good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave it at the door. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, so Jim, our uh, our friend from uh, Pit Viper, uh, decided that he would uh, he would wager a little uh, bet with me. The two eyewear companies going at it. He started it clearly. And uh, he bet sixty nine dollars on Travis is faster in the pit viper shades and uh hashtag hashtag i can't read and i said bs i got connor for 70 faster than tp he said uh another couple of words i can't say i'll call you 420 69 i said i'll i said i'll raise that to 1262 07 three times your he goes ah oh, that's it 69 69 69 well Connor beat Travis, so we're still trying to figure out where the six thousand nine hundred sixty-nine dollars and sixty-nine cents <laughs> is. is I, I like your your all's math uh, was was pretty uh, pretty on point there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and he he's he he's trying to play off the uh, Travis. Please go fast. Also, I'm too drunk to text. Hello, goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, the Pit Viper crew, I mean, and you guys, I mean, obviously, fatheads, you, you guys were two peas in a pod. Um, and you both had a pretty good confidence in your, your drivers. Um, you know, I'm not really known for uh, my left turning abilities or my pavement abilities or my rear wheel drive abilities, but it was Connor Daly's first ever truck race. I had raced Vegas. I mean, heck, I had been top 10 there in, uh, in Nationwide or whatever the, I guess they call it, uh, Xfinity now. <laughs> series yeah. so i was like I, I can do this it's kind of a more of a worn out track it's more of a, a sliding track and uh sure enough connor daly uh fatheads driver who uh led the most laps this year at the indy 500 who also uh jumped God, in don't for get me started on that also yeah, punted well, the tire farther than anybody fell world... out of the sky onto his wing so you know world record <laughs> tire <laughs> punt right 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 in front of our suite in turn two i mean that's where it was over there and I've got everybody. I'm like, shut up. I don't want to hear. Like, I'm watching the TV in our suite so I can catch the whole track. And I'm like, 
where did this come from? Like, I'm that's what just Connor said. He didn't even see it. He had no idea. Tire at the wall. It came from outer space, dropped right out of the wing. But honestly, if Connor's pit crew, and I don't know, maybe, and I've learned through my racing that maybe you could overshoot your pit or undershoot it. So it could have been Connor's fault, but it looked like the pit crew fought on TV. I'm not putting blame anywhere. Uh, but he went in in first, came out in fourth, made it like three laps, and then a tire fell out of the sky right on his wing and ruined his chances. But to lead the most laps was pretty cool. And then the fact that he came out later that year and drove NASCAR just for fun, just because we had a dollar bet, a little bit different than your 69, 69, 69 bet. Um, so I, I agree. Jim should have to just, pay you. And the fact that Connor got in to a limo on an 80 foot jump. Um, and he, we tried to get Connor to drive cause I wasn't allowed to drive, uh, because of contractual stipulations with, uh, anyway, long story long. You, you, could, you <laughs> couldn't get a Subaru limo to take out there? Or... Yeah, so what had happened was um, we filled the limo, the back of it, uh, for, um, actually, that was for a Twisted Tea, which I was also not allowed to be a part of. Um, anyway, something about drinking and driving doesn't doesn't go well. But they weren't drinking. They were in the back of the limo. So technically, I don't know, maybe that's a loophole. But so Connor's like, I'm not driving, but I'll jump in the back. I'm like, you would really jump into a swimming pool that we made out of a tarp and filled it up with a garden hose of cold water. And he told, he told me that over, you know, an 80 foot jump in a limo before you drive it, wear the harness and you get to wear a helmet. He's like, yeah, I think so. Cause I mean, honestly, it, last it, time Connor drove, he flipped my, uh, my Can-Ams over like four times. So does kind of make sense and, and he told if jim told him he connor's looking around and he said yeah when i got in the back of it he goes clearly i thought that there would like be handles and he said to jim he goes where in the hell are we holding on to he goes just grab the tarp and kind of wad it up because <laughs> <laughs> the water's not going to float out of the back of the limo for any reason right no <laughs> Speaking of that 199 Lives movie, I, you know, part of that was your father talking about you. You had been wanting to go off of some big jump, and he kept saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, and goes in the back to get the loader to, to make another jump, and somebody comes running over and says, Mr. Pastrana, Travis is hurt, and I guess you'd gone. He said he went off the big jump, didn't he? And, of course, you had balled it up, and it was just before, I want to say, the start of a season. Yep. Uh, tibia plateau fracture, uh, torn ACL, bucket handle meniscus. I pretended I wasn't hurt and raced the first round and crashed oh, again in the wow. first round. That was, that was it for my season. Then I, then I got the x-rays and everything. They're like, what were you thinking? I'm like, I was just thinking yeah. I didn't want to get killed by my dad. Uh, oh, is that what it was? Cause, <laughs> because they said DeCoster was upset with you and you're like, no, man, I'll be fine, dude. I'm going to, I'm going to win. <laughs> Yeah, well, Roger had a, a love-hate with me. Like, I, So I was supposed to go out and do my first ever pro race uh, with Suzuki. Just turned 16. And I neglected to mention that. So I was going to get there on uh, Wednesday morning to do a test before um, the first ever like World Supercross out at um, the Rose Bowl. And I was going to be my first time representing Suzuki, 125s. And I neglected to mention that I had I was going on Letterman in New York uh, the night before and I was going to do a jump and I crashed because it was raining a little bit and I hit a fire hydrant off the side oh, and I boy. dislocated and I had set second degree separation on my, my left shoulder. So I got there and I couldn't practice and I couldn't test and I couldn't do anything. And I was like, Roger, I'll win this weekend. He's like, win, you can't even ride. And I won by 
Oh, dumb wow. luck. And I was crying the whole time, but I made it through the end. And from that point, he, he kind of had that like, all right, well, at least he's tough. He's stupid, but he's tough. Yeah. Can we all agree that you clearly have much less pain receptors than the rest of us mere mortals? I mean, for whatever reason, pain does not register in your brain the way it does to the rest of us. Oh, no, it definitely registers. It's all the same. It's just a matter of, is it worth it? And for me, everyone says, how could you possibly keep doing this to your body over and over? I said, because when I'm hurt, what I don't like more, what I'm more upset about isn't the fact that I'm hurt, like as in pain, it's the fact that I can't do what I love to do. So why should I stop doing what I love to do to avoid being hurt? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I saw a quick clip where there's pens sticking out of your hand and you grab one of the pens with a pair of pliers. I'm thinking- Well, they were, they were medical pliers. I was, I was in the doctor's office. <laughs> I'm good friends with my orthopedics. They usually let me like pull some, put pins out and stuff. But no, so this last oh time God. I crashed the, the, sky, the base rig and I land and there, you know, medics come over and I'm like, no, nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And I go to get up and I felt my sacrum actually like kind of moved. Uh, and I was like, yep, broke my pelvis. And then I had a warm feeling going into my gut. I said, and I'm bleeding out. And they started laughing. I was like, no, no, I'm actually serious. I broke my pelvis for sure. And I'm definitely bleeding out. And I started oh. laughing because I don't, I see their cry or laugh. So I figured yeah, they didn't believe me. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. And I'm like, sure enough. I'm usually pretty good at self-diagnostics. It reminds me of, of that one that one big jump where you cased it hard, and and the uh, was it your pelvis on the, the whole? They didn't think anything was wrong with you, and the doctor said, "Okay, you can get up now." Your mom's like losing her mind, like, "Are you crazy?" But the whole center section, if you will, of your pelvis of of your body had had dropped down like I don't he, know half an he, inch I or think something. That's what he's talking about. Is that the one? Separate, yeah, yeah. So, well, actually, so this one I did that I was actually a third known case to not bleed out after dislocating both of your SI joints. So basically shattering your hip or your pelvis. So your spine goes kind of out. Anyway, long story long, um, the medical, the non-medical term is uh, it hurt a lot. So every time that I, but I didn't really break anything except for the pelvis and the doctors hadn't seen that before um, just because it was, a, they say the third known case at the time. Um, but interestingly enough, it just ripped all the ligaments and the tendons and everything around it. So when I was laying on my back, it still registered as though it was in the right spot. But whenever I try to move, my spine would basically move. Not uh, the spinal cord was or column was fine, um, but I passed out and I realized how much pain I could take because, I mean, other people might be able to take more, but that was all I could take before I passed out. So I realized I taking the most pain that I could ever take and there's not a lot more to worry about. <laughs> it's unbelievable what you've been through and the fact that you go back and continue to attack at full speed man is uh is nothing short of spectacular that's why you're a household name it's why it's who you are you said that going back to the very beginning of the show i was like man that's what got me here this is that's just who i am and i'm having fun but that's exactly why why we're talking to you today it's why we love to watch you and uh the memories you've brought all of us throughout our entire lives man Oh my goodness! Could could never thank you enough. No, I, I truly appreciate it. It's been uh, it's been awesome, and uh, you know, just like I said, like my dad always said, we're just trying to ride this train so the wheels come off, and a couple have come off along the way. But man, <laughs> if you love what you do, every single day is is a true blessing, and I've been uh, very fortunate to live uh, live my dream. 
Ah, you got MacGyver in your corner. Put those wheels back on. No problem. That's right. <laughs> That's right. All right. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoy this show, man. It doesn't get any better than this guy right here. Keep your eyes on him. He'll be competing here again in 2022 for our pleasure and our enjoyment. But he's going to be having all the fun. Thanks a lot. Travis Pastrana here on The Skip. Thanks for being with us here on The Skinny. This episode has been brought to you by Toyota and General Tire. For the latest in sunglasses, optical frames, accessories, and apparel, be sure to check out fatheads.com. That's fatheads with a Z. Production facilities provided by Fatheads Eyewear Studios. All rights reserved. The Skinny with Rico and Ken is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to to start listening.